This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast, where we talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno, and with me is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And Maya Solano McDaniel, first Q and student at Aikido of Fresno. Maya was dancing. Yeah. Yeah, it was an interpretive dance. She was into it. Yeah. Yeah. She, she had one beer and that was it. That's the no, way it works. No, I was just, there That's was. the way it works. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> she okay. Looks, she looks real grumpy now. <laughs> I'm smiling. What are you talking about? Yeah, with that shitty look in your eyes. Yeah. Like, Nyeh. So we made it back for another episode. Yep. And uh, going to talk about some more Aikido stuff. How's everyone doing? How was the week? It's good. It's good. How was your week? It's fine. <laughs> you say that like we haven't seen each other in a week. Well, I mean, look, to uh, people uh, that are listening, they don't know. Yeah. They don't know that we see each yeah, other we, every day. That's true. That's Provide true. some continuity. Yeah, that is true. In the that interim, it's nice. They might yeah. think that we just yeah. You're asking for them. It's right. Nice. Yeah. Now we know that I, I see you guys every day, but yeah, other people probably not so much. All right. So we're so good. Let's we're, jump. It's yeah. good. Yeah, everything's good. We'll just jump right into it. Yeah. So today, uh, we, we kind of talked about a couple couple topics. So I think we're going to kind of do a mashup a little bit. See um, where it goes. Yeah, it's and, one and, of those episodes. We're going to talk about uh, what I call completory opposites. That is, as far as I know, I, I invented that set of words to mean this thing. Um, and then we're also going to talk about uh, high percentage techniques and low percentage techniques. And um, yeah. That's something people love to throw about. Love oh, to banter yeah. About, about oh, yeah. their high percentage, low percentage. As if that's even a thing that you can like, like really calculate calculate yeah you know like it's such a weird and i mean i get it i understand exactly where it comes from like whatever but it feels like it's done a lot of times so out of context of anything that it's like well okay yeah i (laughs) think it's just a nicer way of saying i i I think that's shit yeah i mean in people use it to be that right yeah something shit or that something's good Good. right you know both both. yeah Yeah, like they talk about it's high percentage or it's low percentage and i think you know the foregone conclusion is that uh, with that is that we know the context we're talking about. And so, you know, if you do Brazilian jiu-jitsu and you talk to – you're talking to other people who do Brazilian jiu-jitsu and you say that's a high percentage technique, then it makes perfect sense sure, because yeah, we yeah. all know what we're talking about. But there does get to be some trouble in that when it's like you're talking about Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but the context we're talking about is it's not Brazilian yeah. jiu-jitsu. Well, and know? so this kind of came up for us because uh, of a video that we uh, had. I don't even know when we when the video was put up, but it, it was a while ago. Uh, showing uh, Ikkyo pins, Ikkyo, yeah, Ikkyo pin. Um, And so someone was like, you know, essentially one of the complaints or one of the criticisms of the video is that like, well, you're never going to get an Ikkyo takedown to be able to get into the Ikkyo pin anyway. So why are you even looking at it? So they were like, it's not a high percentage technique. Right. Um, But like in the context of Aikido, it's like one of... I don't know whatever four or five things that we do. So it's it is high percentage, right? In the context, because we're not going to do anything else. Because for the context, anything else is going to be super dangerous, right? Right. And it's weird to look at, you know, because so if you if you look at what are our high percentage takedowns in sport martial arts, right? So you would probably something like some kind of leg tackle, some kind of upper body throw. 
Um, like so, like a, a hip toss or a, um, like a Greco-Roman style throw or something. For anyone like that. whose first time, this is their first time hearing the words high percentage or low percentage. Basically, it means what you think it means, which is uh, something that happens often or something that doesn't right. happen. Something often. you you'll be able to pull off. Yeah, the percentages are high that you pull it off or not. Or, right, right, or that even. And I think what Maya is saying actually speaks to more of the context situation thing that yeah. we're talking about, which is like. Um, you know, and a Ikkyo takedown outside of the context of Aikido or the context of, you know, armed grappling, whatever, is low percentage. Right, right. Because you're never going to do it because there's no need for it. Right. Well, and, and I mean, not even just that. So like, if you look at what it is to throw someone by the core of their body or by the legs, that's more likely that they're going to fall down than to throw somebody right. or take so someone down a, right, via right. their arm. Right. It's 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 not going to yeah, happen as well, right? Can you delve into that for a little more? Because I think that's something that, I don't know, you and I had a conversation about um, whatever, like a year ago or something, and it kind of blew my mind, like, you had broken down which part of the body you're controlling in order to take someone down and why each of those are better or worse than the others. Right. I think yeah. it's really important to understand. Yeah. So understand that, you know, you maintaining your balance is is basically always a byproduct of you being able to align the weight in your body with your feet. Um, and that's why you stay up because if the weight in your body ever comes outside of your feet, you start falling. And anytime you start falling, what you do is you move your leg so you can again you put yeah. the weight of your yeah. body underneath your feet. And that's always what's happening. That's what you um, do when you walk. Right. Exactly right. When, when you walk, all you do is shift your body weight forward and then you put a foot there to catch it. And so that catching of your body weight is is simply aligning your legs with your balancing and with your your weight again. And that's what makes you balanced. Uh, and, and then, you know, it's not even unique for humans. That's how buildings work or anything works. You know, you put the structure underneath the weight. Um, so when you want to throw someone down or take someone down in any way, what you're doing is you're either, you're either trying, so you always have to account for their legs in some way. So if I try to throw you and I move your body weight to, to make you fall down and you can correct with your leg, then you're always stopping me from throwing you because you're again, realigning it. So anytime I want to take you down in some way, what I need to do is account for your legs while I push your body outside of that, right? And there's there's really, there's three ways you do it, two that, that are commonly talked about. One is what's called tripping, um, which is basically you check a foot in some way and you drive their body weight outside of it. And that's what a double leg takedown is. You're grabbing their legs and then you drive your body weight into their their body. So their body weight goes outside of their base and they fall down. Or you can do some kind of elevation where you basically pick them up, turn them sideways so their legs right, right. can't correct, and then you drop them down. And that's like a hip toss or a Greco-Roman style throw. So those are basically the two ways you're going to bring someone down. Now, in Aikido, when you're trying to take someone down with, say, an Ikkyo, it doesn't do any of either of those things very well. It doesn't control their body weight that well because you're doing it via the arm. So the arm's far away from their body weight, meaning if I want to control your body weight, if I grab your body directly, I have a lot of control over it. If I grab your finger, I have almost no right, control right, of it, right? right? right. So Aikido's a, an Ikkyo is a little better than a, a, a finger, but it's just your arm, and, and there's not much possibility I'm going to do that. And second, I don't really check your feet at all. Right. Um, so, so basically, it's me pushing you around by a really poor control well, of your body and, weight, and also while not checking your feet. If we're if we're really going back to it and looking at the way that we should be thinking about Aikido throws, Aikido takedowns, um, 
it it it's really based on the energy that the person is putting out sure. so it's like it's not you throwing them it's them going that way and you are adding to that force to make them go right and that's the which third is a, which is a different that's the third kind of so i said you know there's basically three ways you you bring someone down or, or throw them like take someone down and and the third one is overextensions and over, aikido uses overextensions really a lot right. um and it's it's a little more than i want to go into right the second although we can hit it before the end of the podcast but so understand that why you would call something high percentage or low percentage is because it's more likely to come off so a double leg takedown or a single leg takedown or any kind of leg takedown is going to be a higher percentage of getting someone down because you're directly controlling a or both legs while driving their body weight so very likely they're going to fall down um any kind of like hip toss or greco-roman style upper body throw is very likely to take them down because you're picking them up and actually disconnecting their feet from the ground turning them sideways and then letting them down so like that's also very high percentage that they're going to fall down and ikkyo is very low percentage because you're grabbing their arm and trying to push them down while not controlling their legs right and it's so it's very in that case it's it, it is very um it's dependent a lot on that overextension yeah exactly you know. exactly right i mean that's yeah that's how you're going to yeah 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 so yeah let's come back to that so let's hit it before we talk about why that happens let, let's just hit it from this perspective and, and low percentage and high percentage in different contexts so if we're looking at someone with a knife in their hand and i want to do any kind of leg tackling technique right then their hands are entirely free while i lower my head to leg tackle so it doesn't matter how i do my leg tackle but it i am always going to drop my head down and that means my because you have head, to get your arms around their legs that's exactly yeah, right right. Okay. right so th- it's inherent in the technique and so when you do that you're putting your face and your neck right into where their hand has the most power and their hand has a knife on it you're going to get stabbed in the face or in the head and if you protect against that in some way, you're going to be inefficient at controlling the legs. Right. So while you're right, if taking them down is your only objective and they have a knife, you still will percentage-wise more likely take them down, I believe. However, you will also percentage-wise get stabbed in the face or the throat. Right. Um, and that's bad, right? So, And this is something that I think like people don't understand about context and what creates context is like context is the rules that we're playing by in whatever world we're in and whether they're rules like man-made rules or they're rules of you know rules like gravity things that just are um if you're in a situation with someone with a knife one of the rules might be that you don't want to get stabbed and that's a pretty good rule for someone with a knife if you want to live sure so like one of the rules is you you don't want to get stabbed and you're going to do things to not get stabbed by that knife. Right. And so doing, even though taking them down would be a great thing and doing a double leg takedown might be the best way to do that overall, that rule of I don't want to get stabbed, I you know, because that will risk my life, you know, kind of... It supersedes. Supersedes right. the high percentageness right. of That's taking right. their That's legs. Right. That's right. And so then we have to look at high percentage in two contexts when you look at it like this. One is, is the takedown my only real goal? Or is protecting myself my only real goal? And right. so if you look at that, it is a high percentage takedown still. Um, is It's high percentage to get the successful takedown. But it suddenly becomes very low percentage in protecting yourself. 
And so when we weigh those dualities out and we're not in a competition where it's a rubber knife and it's only thing that matters is the takedown, well, then all of a sudden it's not a good technique to choose, you know? Right. And so that's why a lot of times I'll say Aikido techniques or takedowns are actually high percentage for what they are. For the context. Right. Because they protect you while still taking them down. The takedowns aren't as good. That's absolutely true still. But they protect you better than the other takedowns. And and I would argue that like they not only they're high but they're the only ones that you're going to do that's right in those situations that's right like and it's if you um and i mean you could do it if you want uh wrestle do some stuff with any sort of weapon sword knife like whatever and see what comes up that's right um and you will see all of the techniques in aikido are, I mean, the, that's what happens. That's what happens. And, you know, you could make the argument, too, you know, if you're a hardcore sport guy, I could see you screaming, you know, like, well, what about, like, Russian two-on-ones, which is is a, is a kind of takedown you yeah. do where you control their arm with both of yours. You're right that, like, in the context of takedown and um, defense, they're pretty good techniques. They're they're great techniques. But then we're going to add another factor in when we're talking about the kind of context Aikido is talking about, and that is that there are very likely multiple opponents, and you need autonomy as well. And so once you go to like Russian two-on-ones, your autonomy goes down significantly. So the Aikido takedowns are an attempt to maximize some kind of takedown while protecting yourself from a weapon and potentially dealing with the second attacker. So it's a compromise. It's a compromise. Absolutely a compromise. Yeah. And so you're right. They're not the best takedowns. They're absolutely not. If I was in an armed situation in a sport match, I, I never have done one of them. Right. You know? And there's right. no there was there what would the reason be? Right. There right. would be no reason. Right. There would be I no mean, reason. This is the problem I that the thing that really frustrates me about when people in martial arts like start to just kind of pluck things out of places and start comparing them to each other and just kind of you know playing pokemon with their techniques right. you know what i mean like this one versus this one because it's like you're you're taking something completely out of its context and so you have a, no idea what it's for so it's essentially saying like what's better um a bar stool or a lazy boy as a chair right which right. one's better right and it's just like well depends what you're if you want a really comfy chair a lazy boy is great you yep. know, but if I'm sitting at a bar, it's shitty because yeah, I have to keep right, reaching out right. and getting right. my drink. And I can't see over beer the bar. Falls on my lap. And yeah. right. it's big and yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, other people are gonna think it's weird. Can't yeah. move it around. Yep. You know, so like it just you can't pit those two things against each other because they they have their you know pluses and minuses depending on what you are trying to do with them. That's right. And so you know, a lazy boy is high percentage for comfiness, and you know. Comfiness in Com- the context of a home. Right, right, right exactly. Right. right, yeah. And, you know, it's low percentage for comfiness in, um, you know... Uh, a high traffic area full right. of uh, uh, liquids and... Right, a bar And, and tall tabletops. Yeah. Right, yes. exactly. Yeah. So this is a dumb analogy, but... No, it's a good analogy. I think it makes perfect <laughs> sense. But, you know, so I think um, we... it's People don't want to stop and, and, and look and think about these things, but it's like, this is what makes martial arts martial arts. You know, is is looking at the context and going like, why might we be doing this, or why might we need this technique versus why why might it not be good? You know, right? Um, because people are so interested in what's good. Well, then let's really stop and think about why is it good, right? Why you know? is it good? That is right, that's right. what you got to ask. I mean, and that's truthfully the only thing that's important. Like, it doesn't matter if the thing is good, um, if it's not good for the thing that you are doing. You know, yeah. that's right? What I'm that's saying. exactly right. So it's like. Yeah, it's great. I could throw you all day. 
if someone there are this and this and this and this factor that would make that no kind of null and void. Right, right. And that doesn't necessarily mean you can't throw them all day. You still could, but yeah. you would get stabbed in the face right. and their buddy would kill you if that was, you know, and like, and so that's why you got to look at like when you're saying low and high percentage, you still, it, there's no trick to getting out of the context and discussing what the context is of that. And, you know, it, it's interesting because I think like sport martial artists are really interested in looking at stripping away all the variables that aren't the meat of what they're trying to look at. And that's like, how would I do mono a mono against this guy? in x situation right like right. bigger than me smaller than me same size as me same skill as me whatever you know? and, yeah and that's cool because that is what you're trying to look at and sport martial arts do a really good job of stripping away all variables that aren't those but what you have to understand is the world is full of variables and so yes that's not the way the world plays out right yeah and i think if you're talking among people who have the same exact understanding as you then you don't need to talk about context because it's like oh we're all sport martial arts artists we know what we're talking about and this is you know so it it's totally understandable to be like among you know sport martial artists to be like you know ikkyo is a low percentage te technique because they you all have the same frame of reference you're all looking at the same context right. you can all basically assume that you all mean the same thing right whereas in a mixed company of some sort That's where right. there is no you know stated mission statement that y'all are interested in you know if you're talking about quote-unquote self-defense that's a huge world right. so so you have to stop and unfortunately because it slows down the conversation that people want to have you have to stop and go what are we talking about you know low percentage for what high right. percentage for right. what right. well you know because i would say uh if we're talking about percentage for the things that i've done and the type of training that i've done like ikkyo is high percentage ikkyo is the thing like it's the reason it's number it's ikkyo number one is <laughs> because it happens all the time it does. all the it time really does. and once you realize that and you can spot it and you can see that like anytime they put their elbow up hit that thing hard yep. or grab it and control it you will quickly see oh th this is this is so useful we should so, mention when we say we're talking when we're talking about ikkyo we're talking not about the form of you know uh you know, Shomuji, yeah, Shomuji, yeah, yeah, right. We're, we're talking about the technique of Ikkyo, which is the the, thing. Yeah. the elbow control, the elbow, elbow push, and, yeah, you know, whatever. Right, you right. However, right. it might come up. Right, right. Just just for the people that maybe are not familiar. Okay. And then, you know, when we start to get into uh, to the specific context, Aikido's um, looking at what Josh was saying before is really important too, because it's like there is another factor, which is in Aikido, we're always trying to keep distance, meaning that the other person trying to get us is always rushing to get us. Like that's what they're doing because we don't want to connect with them. We're always trying to get away. And so in that inherent rushing in to get us, there's a natural destabilization of their base. And that's what I refer to as an overextension throw, which is basically you're just learning to capitalize upon the times that they're the most unbalanced. Right. And so, so what Josh is saying is like, and really you wouldn't even try to apply Nikyo if there wasn't already an inherent overextension. And so that again kind of boosts the percentage of getting right. it. So that's the, like when people use the word Kazushi, that's right. what they're talking right. about. Right, right, right. And that's what I feel about like Aikido, like if you're talking about Aikido throw or Aikido throws and you're, or takedowns, um, and you're really like talking about them like in the con, like really being true to the context the percentage is super high because you wouldn't do it if you weren't going to get it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, the percentages should almost be, and it never will be, but 100% because you're only applying it at the perfect time for that perfect thing to happen right. and for it to unfold, right. Right. right? So it should be, if you're doing it right, 
hundred percent. Right, right. Yeah. Like, and you this know, this like, might be kind of hard to suss out what he's saying, but I think what Josh is saying is really true, which is like the way the system recommends using Ikkyo for a takedown, it would be a hundred percent successful if if you knew how to read right. that variable. And that doesn't mean that anyone right. does, and no, no one does no in the Aikido world right now. It, uh, right. I mean, you know. Right. But, but theoretically, yeah, when it when happens, happens yeah. and that's why when it happens, it feels like magic, and you're like, oh my yes. God, I'm the awesomest guy in the world, right. or whatever. Right. Yeah. On right. both sides, right? right? Like, And that's why... And that's I, the, like, like um, uh, Takemusu Aiki thing, which is, like, the, like, perfectly applied I like Aikido. Right, right, in the moment. In the right. moment yeah, that, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. The, the the perfectly the technique arises when the when the attack arises there right yeah they're they're one together right. and there's right. no um no struggling or pushing or, right. or making right. the technique happen That's it right. just comes off and and i think we could compare aikido in the kind of situation josh is talking about to a double leg takedown so within its proper context a double leg takedown also should be a hundred percent successful now again of course we know that like people don't know how to be infallible with it but the way that wrestling recommends using it it should should be 100%, 100% successful. Right. Yes. If you get the legs in the right way and drive your body weight in the right way, they'll always fall down. So so if it could be applied theoretically perfectly, a double leg takedown would be 100% successful. Successful. Now let's pull it out of there and put it in the context of Aikido, and it still would be 100% successful, but you would get stabbed in the face right. for it every right, single time. But success time. looks different to us, and so we would say that's not successful because right. you got stabbed. Right, that's because, exactly yeah, right. right. You weren't checking the hand, or you right. weren't. And also you weren't, Doing the thing that we we like to do, which is keep that distance. Right. I mean, you're not playing Yankee to thing. Like, yes. Keep that yeah. autonomy. Yeah. I think this brings us to completory opposites, which is kind of, I feel like, the next logical thing to talk about and say we're, you know, talking about applying Ikkyo or something. That, like, part of what makes that Ikkyo, ideally, come off in such a perfect way is the ability to recognize uh, the completory opposites. And I'll let Chris define that. Um, but to let the interaction unfold in a way that allows you to catch that moment when the person's not expecting it and to have the thing happen, right. to let it happen, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so this is something I'm still struggling with. I, I still don't have a, a totally efficient way to say this, but it's getting closer and closer all the time. Um, so uh, when I, I teach to new people, I, I, I like to talk to them about completory opposites. And so uh, completory opposites, I don't know that anyone else says this, but um, it, it are two, at least two actions. It could be more, but at least two actions that have a opposite nature that creates a complementary situation. So meaning that a push and a pull, for example, you know, like if someone pushes me and I pull them or they pull me and I push them, you're seeing a kind of situation where I'm always, I always have an answer to the thing they want to do. If they choose to push, I pull. If they choose to pull, I push. And so when we're in that back and forth struggle, as long as I'm ahead of them in time or I understand what's going on in time, then I can always have the advantage, right. you know? As they, and then as you, as they're pulling, you're pushing, then they start to push, then you pull and it's a back and forth. Right, right. And so you figure out who who has the better timing to make the thing right exactly right yeah yeah. and that's what you will get into talking about skill with that and so so like you know so for me grappling is really often just about a few things and and one is about gaps and the other is about balance so um i'm just kind of giving you some background on this but like when we're grappling we're always working on completory opposites of gaps and balances and what i mean by that is so in grappling, the, the idea is to grapple someone that's to hook and hold them. Um, and you want to hook and hold them in the way you want that makes you dominant over them. And whether that's against the wall or a side of a cage or the ground or in space, whatever it is, I'm holding away a person in a way that they can't do whatever they want to me. And yet I am controlling them. 
And so one of the problems with uh, a grappling situation is if there is some kind of gap that someone can slide out of. And so grapplers are always trying to cinch those gaps up. They're always trying to make the gap as small as humanly possible so that way it's really hard. And then the only person who could get out would be someone who's stronger than them in that situation, right? Now, there's another compilatory opposite to a gap, which is balance. So, meaning I have to be balanced in order to have the dominant position. So, if we look at, you know, a stand-up situation where I'm trying to hold someone around their body and I'm so tight that they can't get a gap to slide out and break away, well, they can attempt to throw me, which will threaten my balance. When my balance is threatened, I will immediately loosen up on them a little bit so I can become wider because being wider is what restabilizes my base. And in that getting wider, I create gaps and then they can try and slide out the gap and then I'll try and cinch up the the gap they'll try to unbalance me again this goes back and forth and this is whether we're standing or on the ground I mean that's what sweeps are in Brazilian jiu-jitsu they're balance threatening techniques and so in grappling we're always looking at the two complementary opposites at least and there's more going on but of gaps and balances and so I think that kind of illustrates mm-hmm. what that is now once we understand the basic compos- uh, idea of complementary opposites we can start to talk about what skill really is. And so skill is simply the ability to negotiate those complementary opposites better than another person, right? And so, and, and that can happen in lots of ways. It could happen due to speed. It could happen due to efficiency. It could happen due to uh, knowledge that someone else doesn't have. There's lots of ways that this can play out. And uh, the, the metaphor I like to make for this is that you're in a room with someone, and I think we talked about this in the very last podcast, mm-hmm. actually. You're in a room with someone, and as far as you're aware, there's one door. Now, in that one door, you want to get out of the room. There's a big, strong guy, and he holds the door closed, right? Well, what are your options? Well, one is to be stronger than the guy. What if you're not stronger than him? Two is to hit the guy or throw the guy. Well, what if that, those things don't bother him? The only other option you would have is to escape another door. And so if you know about a door he doesn't know about, you can just simply easily go to the other door, open it, and walk out. And he'll never even know you did that. And that's that's getting at the beginning of what martial arts skill and technique is, you know. And so if he does know the door's there, then you two run back and forth between the door. And then you take away from the power he has, and you start to make it about speed. And there's all kinds of other things you can do. You can do trick. There's all kinds of things that can happen. But this is basically the idea. And so once we start to understand high percentage and low percentage, that'll lead us to understanding why complementary opposites exist. And then complementary opposites can tell us about skill in martial arts and what skill is. I've been, um, I took some video of Josh and I working out and um, I've been kind of looking, like looking over them. And oh, she's been getting, yeah, she's been no, doing the notes. Studying she's the tape. going to get you. Studying no. the tape. Yeah, she, Josh, she projects it on the wall and she gets chalk out and she's like, well, so if I go X here, degree 27. Yeah, right. My angle needs to be a 45, not a 44. It's true. Uh, you got thrown, didn't you? It's true. I did. you weren't at the right, the right angle. Um, so, and I've just been like, you know, uh, editing them together and having fun, like looking yeah, at little highlights. Watching and yourself. Who doesn't love that? Yeah, that's true. I do that Certainly all the time. Certainly not though. Josh. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll send him you, Josh, and you can watch yourself all you want. Um. So I've been looking at them and like looking for little highlights because I wanted to make a little like um, like highlights because it's, you know, whatever, 18 yeah. minutes of yeah, fucking sparring and it, nobody's interested in looking at that. So I'm like, OK, well, let's cut it down a little bit and find interesting stuff. And uh, and so finding interesting moments, you know, I don't want it to, this video to be long. So I'm like trying to, you know, cut it down real, real small and um, realizing that like, OK, so there's a really interesting exchange that happens right here, a throw or something. But like 
it doesn't make sense to just start right before the throw to me at least watching it because it's like well the throw just happened out of nowhere so like I need to back up a little and include the part that happens before that because then you can kind of see how why it's set up why the throw set up and to me that, that I was thinking about it and going like oh this is why people have weird ideas about um, martial arts and techniques and like how they work because people think that like just like some kind of weird game of Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever you play the you know dominant card and then it just happens like it's just you know or you and if you are only watching like highlight reels essentially of like some judo champ or something all you see is the things that work perfectly and the things that come off really nice and what you don't see is the five minutes beforehand or you know the two minutes beforehand leading up to that amazing throw where they're dancing around and trying to pull each other off balance and like it's not very interesting, but that's what leads up to the throw. And I feel like that kind of feeds into the idea of compatory opposites, which is like, that's what's really making the techniques come off. And and without that understanding, then you just think like, well, if I just have a good enough technique, like if I just practice my form good enough, then then it'll happen. You know what I mean? And then right, I'll use right. it. But it's like, it's not enough to just have a good be able to do an ikkyo you have to understand what leads into ikkyo and what comes away from ikkyo and and what feeds that situation and i feel like you know understanding those things really kind of opens up your eyes to like what live training and what martial arts are actually about right and it's i feel like that's a very difficult thing for the the way that you normally study aikido where you're just doing forms and then you're plugging it into a jiawaza which is essentially just forms done you know moving yeah right you know in in motion um you can't really well and also if you're doing forms sort of devoid of each other mm-hmm. um so you're looking at this form and this form and this form and not really at all drawing a picture of how the forms right. feed back right. into each other you will never really get to understand What's happening, and so uh, a thing like uh, Conran, right, is what you're talking about. It's like yeah. the complementary opposites, right? And so you know, if you're talking about Aikido, it's like Conran's uh, adaptive techniques. I mean, and I guess this is probably true for everything, but like there is an answer to everything. Sure, absolutely, if there you is. Under, and it's, I feel like Aikido really the system does a really good job of you know plugging everything into this nice circle, so that you know if they block one thing they're giving you this other thing. And then if they block that thing, they're giving you back the thing that you wanted in the first place. And it's just this nice little circle. But if you're only looking at it as forms and you're not putting it into some sort of live practice, like where it where it literally is um, spontaneous and it's not contrived, right? then you won't really be able to you can't really feel it in the way that you need to feel it to, to, to get it and know it bodily. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think you said an interesting thing right now that I don't know that I've ever thought of exactly this way, but it, it really is a problem. Like w- what Josh said about um, if you study forms and particularly if you study forms as if they're all not related to each other, meaning, you know, right. you memorize this form and then you memorize this form and then you memorize this form and you just think of them as being completely independent things. Forms uh, each have a set of answers. And I believe they're meant to be looked at in relationship to other forms. So, you know, like part of what I really work at with my students is like, especially going through the Shomenuchi series, going through and explaining, see the problem that could arise here that's actually answered in this very next form. 
right? And then there's a problem here that's answered in the next form over, you know? And so like understanding that forms are meant to be looked at in in an entirety. So yes. what is the collection of forms for this and how do they all relate to each other? And I think people want to always look at forms in isolation. Right. Like yeah. this form so, is all there is. Like, like, right. So like, uh, I think people, if we're going back to the, the, the room with the door, each form is another door, right? right? But I think everybody looks at it as each form is another room. Right, right, you know right, right, oh, right, of, and that they're all not all connected. Right, right. yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're go, they're thinking that like I'm in the Ikkyo room or I'm right. in the blah blah blah. Instead of going like, no, in that room, Ikkyo is a door. Right, Ikkyo, you know, or right. whatever. That's it is, exactly so. right. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good way to say. It. Also, if I didn't make this clear earlier, the doors and the room metaphor are are the completory opposites, right? right so like right. it's all the possible completory opposites, and then the skill that that exists inside of there is simply your ability to understand and move between between doors or go through doors in whatever weird way that could be, you know, so right. different doors require different specialties. Sure. And and right. in that you see things like this works better for tall people. This works better for short people or big people the or game. skinny people. If or, we go back to the right, game that we were talking about. goes right back about, to the game. You know, yeah. that is the, the game that we were talking about in our whatever podcast that was. It's funny. I really feel so we're at, we're at 32 minutes, um, but uh, I feel like this has been really succinct. Like we just kind of went boom, 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 right. boom, boom, boom. Done. <laughs> yeah. Cut it. We're done. But <laughs> it's just, it's interesting because, you know, you do hear all of this about, you know, high percentage, low percentage, blah, blah, blah. And I think one of the things that we said earlier is, is, you know, the truth about it, which is like, if you understand the concept, the context um, you will always be doing high percentage techniques. Right. That's right. I mean, that's that's just it. You, right. you. So in some ways, it's like even saying that is stupid because it's like, well, is is it or is it or is it not suited to the context? If it's suited to the context, then it's going to be high percentage. Now that doesn't mean you're always going to be able to do it, like you were saying, but it does mean. That it will it will work the majority of the time because that's what it was built for. Right, right. A system generally recommends uh, high percentage techniques yes. overall. Right, and and all of Aikido's techniques are high percentage for the context and that's the tricky thing you know because aikido is accounting for a lot of variables right like they're armed they're probably larger than me um that could go either way actually but um there's multiple of them you know so those are always the variables it's trying to account for and those are variables that sport inherently we're, we're doesn't trying have not to, to fight them right you know right like. and i i think the problem comes so that you know the the, the set of techniques that aikido recommends for those situations are really good are the stuff that you're going to do. Um, this, the problems happen when people think, equate the techniques with the forms and they then they create even more convoluted sets of forms that are, uh, and they think that that's what they're going to do in a real life encounter. So for example, you know, they create some, uh, you know, cause I think Aikido people like to do this where they're like, um, I turn my Ikkyo into um, this really convoluted Kaitenage. You know what I mean? Like right. they, they create right. these crazy sets and it's like, that's great but like you're 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 really cre you're like creating a really niche situation here right. instead of looking at the 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 larger um principles that those right. techniques are, are telling you about right and those things are high percentage but the really specific sets you're getting into are going to start to be more and more low percentage because they're just so specific that then what you're talking about right now is exactly what a game is right so yeah. like that um 
you, you it, when you don't have live practice to constantly inform you about what's going on, you can choose any wild path you want. And and a person who's talking high percentage, low percentage would say that seems like a very low percentage path right, because right, right. because you just fucking made it up right. without any information. Right, right. And so there's no game there. And it's a series of things you can do when no one's resisting you. Right. But when someone's resisting you, suddenly it's like, well, that's kind of low percentage. Yeah. Right. That's and so like to the, me, it's like looking at the, like what, what makes, it's easy to say, you know, Aikido techniques are high percentage for what we're doing, but then people go, yeah, but I don't see people doing a, you know, Shomenichi Ikkyo all the way through the pin in a real life encounter. It's like, well, we need to change our idea of what Ikkyo is because Ikkyo, it's, that form is a set of, you know, four or five different things that are happening in a row. And you might not get that, that whole row of things. And so like un- like breaking apart the understanding to go like Ikkyo is one thing and then the takedown's one thing and the pin's one, th- you know what I mean? Right, right, uh, Like right. that, well, you know, yeah. that understanding And it gets back to that important. other, you know, we talked about it before, like the collection of techniques and stuff. Right. And so people like to do the, this thing where it's like, can I do uh, Jujinage from right. whatever? And then they, you know, and it's like, yes, you can. Uh, and that that is certainly possible. You you can figure out, but and it's a fun brain practice. It is sure, a fun, it is brain, fun practice. brain practice. Mm-hmm. But the that's where the high percentage, low percentage comes in. Where it's like, yeah, but the you know percentage of time your opponent is ever going to do and move in the way that would facilitate right. this move <laughs> is it ever going to happen. So right. you you wouldn't do it because it's it's just that's not. They're not gonna, you know, it could happen. It's probably not, but not because it's a low percentage technique, but just because it's a really specific it's, set. It's a really specific set of things that and need to happen. I think this know? is a problem that people have when they see our type of live training or, you know, our Rondori or whatever is that, like, I don't see any Aikido techniques in there. I don't see anything. And it's like, well, um, what we're trying to do is pull out the principles of Aikido, which are, we believe at least, a good set of principles and a good set of techniques that will uh, that will happen in that context. Right. But we've got to pull back a little bit and go, let's just play with, you know, does an Ikkyo come up as in just an elbow push, you know? Right. Can we, you know, can we get off a Nikkyo disarm, whether it looks beautiful or ugly as fuck, you know? Right. Like, right. and that's where we're working. And so like, and those things are, aren't going to happen that often because it's live and we're trying to adjust to the situation. Uh, also, you know, I, I really want to do this at some point, maybe, hell, I'm just editing some shit right now, but but I want to do this in the near future. I want to just take all the, the sparring footage that we've done over the last year with you two and I want to play the footage full speed for people and then say, did you see any Aikido techniques? And then I want to go through and do a play-by-play because when I watch the video slow-mo, just, I just see yeah. technique after technique after it, technique after technique. Right. And yeah. that's not because they're not finishing often, but it's like, well, here's the setup for that. And now it's transitioning into this. And then here's this technique. Right. And I mean, not just like sort of techniques, like textbook openings for techniques are just constantly happening like every few seconds one happens and you can't see it when you're not used to looking at what that looks like and when you're not used to seeing the techniques not be successful you also can't recognize them, right you know? right you have yeah. to be able to see them see them fail and that's like getting back to what we were talking about before which is like um when you put the techniques in in the circle or whatever when they're all related then you can see that like yeah, I didn't get my Ikkyo, but this other thing came right. up. 
you right. know. Yeah. And then this other thing came up because they shut down the next thing that right. I was right. trying. It, it's ridiculous because, you know, if you're looking at arm control, which Aikido is a lot because there's assumption of a weapon. If you're looking at arm control, there's only three things one does with their arm. They raise their elbow, they lock their elbow, or they drop their elbow. Those are the three things they do with their arm. And so once you have a set of answers, which Aikido has at least two answers for, for every one of those, those right. then it's like you will always catch will them always in one, one as long as you know how to do right. it. You right. know? And that's the skill part right. is that's realizing part. that like I'm hitting their elbow and nothing is happening. Well, well, why is that? It, well, they have a, t- a straight arm. Well, right. then there's something else that you need that's to right. do or whatever. Right. Yeah. And and so like when it comes to live training, like there we have to adjust our expectations because it's such a like live training is just a mess. It's always a, it looks like a mess and it's not going to look beautiful and a lot of it's going to be like um what looks like not a lot happening because there's not a beautiful throw or a beautiful trip or a beautiful disarm or something. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it is just struggling. Yeah, a lot of it is just falling down. Right, yeah. And yeah, and just falling down, yeah. Sometimes um, if you're lunging, on a cord. Lunging at someone and them not being there and then but, you just... like what I'm saying is like like our the Aikido community has gotten so used to fucking beautiful uh, displays of the martial art that we've essentially set a really high expectation for what we're supposed to look like. Yeah. And right. of what course, they think alive. right. Of course, yeah. something live is not going to ever stack up to that because yeah. it's going to look rough because yeah. that's what that is, is rough. And so I think that's the first thing is like adjusting our expectations to what that really looks like. And then the second thing is giving it time for people to actually figure stuff out. Because watching this footage of Josh and I, I can see plenty of things where I'm like, oh, dude, he was sinking his weight back. I could have pushed into him, you know, or I could right, have pulled right, him over right. if he was doing that. And I, why didn't I think of that? But it's like well, hindsight's twenty twenty, and it's easy for me to sit back here and say that when I'm not panting super hard and right. trying not to die right. you, you know, know uh, chess players after they play chess they analyze their game and when they go through and analyze their game they can see oh i missed an attack here okay. and i missed this move here and like you can only see that after you stop and and really study what you're doing and what they're, why they're doing that is because they're trying to learn to play a perfect game and so that's what you're also doing when you're studying a martial art is you're trying to figure out what perfect is um but but it's really hard to be perfect right. in the moment right yeah. Well, and, and, and martial think, arts is a lot more challenging than chess, right. As yes. far as panicking and stuff goes. Well, and if you, <laughs> yeah. if we go back to the 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 the, the key thing that we're talking about, um, and this is a high percentage, low percentage. Again, you have to look at the 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 context to determine what is the perfect game. Right. Yes. Right. That's exactly right. Um, and if you're not, and if you don't have that, then you you can't really even under you can't. You can't even play the game, you know. That's right. Right, you don't even know so, what game you you're playing. You don't know what the game right. is. It's exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's again, because it's like, if you understand the context, then you understand that, like, the, 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 the techniques of Aikido are perfect for Aikido in the same way that the techniques for Jiu-Jitsu or Judo are suited for that. And so, exactly right. yes, those techniques are high percentage. Uh, techniques they're low percentage if you're looking at it in the uh the context of aikido and vice versa yeah. so it's like if you are using your context to look at an aikido takedown and say well that's a low percentage takedown well you are correct uh for your context that's right for the aikido context it's the only way like right. it, or one of a few ways so you kind of have to you have to be willing to make those concessions with it um and if you're not then you then we can't really have a conversation about it. That's right. right. It, it's really hard too because um, there's like uh, 
fine points, like kind of what Josh is pointing at. And there's like super gross points. Like when I was talking to Rokas the other day, we were talking about ninjas. And he said that, you know, like he was looking at like how Bujin Khan guys like uh, grappling and, and, and striking looks, unarmed striking, unarmed grappling. And he was saying that it looked, you know, kind of sloppy and he didn't think they were very good. And I was like, so ninjas are supposed to sneak around and poison people, right? Like, that's what ninjas right, do. Right. They sneak around in the night and they, they assassinate, stab, and poison people. That's what they do. Now, so what's higher percentage? Wrestling someone as a skilled wrestler or coming up behind them and stabbing them when they're not paying attention? Now, if you get the ability to sneak up behind them and stab them, you're right. That's the highest percentage. But if they already know you're there, then their grappling's probably going to be better than yours, you know? And so, like, these things stack in all kinds of ways. And so, a lot of times when people, like, you know, they look at my pr- approach to Aikido and then they'll say, well, yeah, but what if this happens? And I'm like, well, you should study jujitsu. Right. Because that's better for that than what we're doing. I think that's the other thing. And I was like really feeling this lately. Um, So me and Maya do some uh, weapons kind of sparring, uh, you know, Shania stuff. Um, And a lot of times there are situations that end up in grappling situations. And uh, they, in those situations, a lot of the things that we do in Aikido show up. You know, there was a perfect uh, Rokio. The other, I did like textbook Rokio. It was perfect. All the way to the ground. It's also not, like, it's not Aikido. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. So, like, someone looking at that could go, like, oh, yeah, that guy uses Aikido. Aikido works, see? And I would say, like, "Mm, no, not really, because I was wrestling there. Right. You know, um, and it might be a technique that is in Aikido that worked for this situation, but it's not... It's not the system not, of Aikido. It's not the system of Aikido. Yeah. So that becomes a very difficult thing as well because it's like you have – I have a collection of techniques that I learned through Aikido that I am using in a different a different context, right? Um, and they're useful in the context of arm grappling because, of course, they are because that's where they came from. Right. right. Japanese jiu-jitsu. Right. But that's – but I'm in that situation, I was not using Aikido. And I think that's another thing that confuses people where it's like they want to use, you know, they want to look at a technique and go like, well, that technique works there. So then this works for that. And it's like, well, no, it doesn't because it it that's not the context. Right. It. It, it's really analogous to like someone who knows arithmetic and looking at like, you know, a giant algebraic equation and saying like, well, see here, uh, uh, two plus two, uh, that's four. That part of the equation is four. And then over here, five plus six is 11. Okay. So, so then four and 11. So that's 15. So the answer is 15. And then someone who does algebra goes, well, there's an X and there's a Y over here, and then here's theta, and then, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're like there's all kinds of things happening in this equation that you aren't seeing, you know? And right. so, so that's exactly the kind of thing where it's like, when Josh is doing that stuff, what he's saying is like, you might be able to pick out things that are Aikido, but that's like being able to pick out, you know, two plus two. But there's a lot of other stuff happening, and that's why Josh is saying, you know, like, I wasn't doing Aikido because systematically all these other things, this X and this Y and this Theta right here, are all, I, I'm not doing, you know, I'm not yeah. doing Aikido. And so it's in, so anyway, so it's interesting to me because I feel like someone could watch the video of me and Maya uh, doing stuff and be like, look at all that Aikido they're doing. Um, and I would go like, there's not really any in there, you know. There's techniques in there. 
but that's not what we're doing. I mean, this happened not too long ago. Someone was asking for some sparring videos, and um, I had shown them some of the stuff we're doing now. Like, here's our live training. It's not exactly what you're thinking. And then they pulled back videos from, like, whatever, like 10 years ago or something, and, and were like, oh, this is more what I mean. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not Aikido. I didn't understand it well enough at that point. And so that, that's armed grappling sparring. You're right, but that's not Aikido. Yeah. And and the and and you know and I think you discovered this and this is why you changed the way that we sort of approach the whole thing. Um, the techniques are so the techniques are the same because they're the techniques that work in arm grappling, right? Um, yep. So, uh, but at a certain point, you were just doing arm grappling. Yeah. Yeah. So if if you're doing aikido, it is something altogether different yeah and you have to be able to figure that out um, there's a point where aikido turns into armed grappling sure and the line is sometimes difficult to discern where one turns into the other because they share a lot of some similar stuff but eventually you're just doing arm grappling right yep yep okay we're at uh 48 minutes here so uh it's we did pretty, it again pretty good, wow. pretty good podcast in time well let's go ahead and thank our patrons for everything that they do to make this possible for us, which essentially is just give us money so we can like. Well, also they, I personally feel like they make me feel good about yeah. myself. It's some motivation in there, that's for sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because there's like, I mean, oh, uh, you guys are great, or whatever they say. Yeah, if there were um, two people that listen to the podcast, it, it, there are a lot of Tuesday nights that I would be like, man, it's just not right. making it out tonight. Right. Not right. making it out, folks. <laughs> Whereas now, you know, if Tuesday night comes and I haven't done it yet, I'm like, I'm feeling uh, fucking guilty. People, I need right. to get that done. Yeah. So thank you. All, uh, for, thanks to all the listeners, even if you're not a, a patron. Special thanks to the patrons, obviously. We're getting more uh, fun names. Oh. Oh, good. Which I, which what I is like. Your, what is your fun name? My fun name? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Uh, the, the Choker of Men. Oh, shit. That's hot. <laughs> Choker of men. Yeah. Mine too. Mine too. <laughs> I can't be choker of women. You're both the choker of men. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, no. Shit. Oh. Well, maybe your dating life would be a little spicier if you were guess, the choker right? of women. Oh, my God. Josh, Josh the choker, choker of women. women <laughs> nope. Doesn't work. Oh. Nope. But That's, it's fine for you to be choker of men. We're going to have to edit out this part of the podcast. <laughs> No, it's fine. I, I I am not that is what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and thank our patrons. <laughs> oh shit. Thank you so much to the Dirt Wasp Podcast, Chris Protector of Ducks, Co Mouth, yeah. J Mysterio. Ooh, uh, Nick, I like it. Just just that's wait. Like, there's more. That's like uh, Mysterio. Nick that's White Belt Bullman, Brad okay. V, Yero Madrona. El Terrible, yeah. Brooke Ferragamo, Ben Cranky Sheepadoo, <laughs> oh French, snap, Tommy Siv, Francis <laughs> Cordon, Scott Burns, Dave Dewberry, Sension Center, Barrett Lippy, Sam Sulian, Michael Heed, Ocon Ayrton, Marcin Chis, Randy Stewart, Thomas Polino, Hillary Jones, Constantinos Andrew, Friends Martinson, Yuli Simgu, Brian Crowley, Lisa Klein, Sharon Okada, Christopher Aceto, Matt Mumford, Jim Gallant, Matt Riley, Jim Iron Monkey Sullivan, yeah, yeah. Grant Templin, and Lenny Acuna. Excellent. Excellent. I love That's it. Great. Cranky. cranky <laughs> we, have, we have Maya the Choker of Men, Josh the Choker of Women. <laughs> no. And a uh, cranky sheep. Cranky sheep do. Cranky sheep. Oh, that's wonderful. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and do we have a tip of the week? Yeah. I feel like there's a like a lot to pick from in here. But I would say, um I mean maybe we've said this before, but 
think about what the completory opposites of your techniques are. So what makes your Ikkyo work and um, what complements it if it doesn't work mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. whatever it is, whatever martial art you do. I mean, because I think we have a lot of listeners that don't do Aikido, but it's not specific to Aikido. If you are uh, working a technique, then like... It's not specific to even martial art. Like, yeah. I, mean, I think complementary opposites are universal yeah, principle, absolutely. you know? And and same thing for high percentage, low percentage. You know, when someone... I think this is more kind of a conversational thing that happens is like people ask you, oh... Uh, is that high percentage or oh, that doesn't sound high percentage or that sounds low percentage to me like be specific and ask them high percentage for what like right. what are you what are you picturing well and also like think about it so there are things right like uh that that maybe are more higher or lower percentage right yeah yeah totally so in in aikido we have ikkyo and it's the first principle and it's the first principle for a reason like whatever so uh spend some time and work out why that might be why why is that more high percentage or low percentage than something else or why is another technique would you consider another technique lower percentage than something else i'll give an example nikyo um since we are keep using eq i'll use nikyo um nikyo seems like a weird one because like who you know how often does a control in this really specific little position mm -hmm. happen um, I'm doing it right now for those who can't <laughs> see. Um, but it's the L or the, the, S, little, the like S. I, gooseneck, bro. Gooseneck, gooseneck. I, gooseneck. I, I always right. see a Z. It's a um, but uh, I prefer Swan's Head. Swan. <laughs> Sorry, my. <laughs> um, There's your name, Chris. Swan's Head. Oh, that's like hot. That's yeah, hot. Um, anyway, just the point is with Nikyo is I can think of why maybe it's the second principle to me because it's a perfect disarming position and it, it's one of the two ways you're going to disarm something from someone's yeah. hand and that is the position their hand goes into when you start to disarm them. So and, like, And also a compilatory opposite to Ikkyo. Ikkyo. Yes. Right? And also and Kodagaish. So, and also so if you play it like down like that, you can also see and if you take it in, in order like that. You can see one into two, two into yeah. three. Yep. If you go through the Kyowaza, they work perfectly. Four into five, you know. Yes. So. All right. Let's be done. All right. Sounds good. Thank have a you good all week. for listening. Uh, if you have not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe so you just get this in your podcast player. If you have not left us a review and you feel so inclined, please do that. If you um, have... check out Chris's interview with Rokas oh, on right. Martial oh, yeah. Arts Journey on YouTube. You I'm also go. doing an interview um, tomorrow with um, Todd Halsey from Dirt Wasp Podcast. So okay. I don't know when that's coming out, but but um, keep an eye out for long. that. Well, yeah, yeah we'll just yeah. listen to the Dirt Wasp Podcast. Yeah, listen to the Dirt Wasp that's Podcast. Right. There you go. Uh, and then um, it seems like there was another something, but I'm whatever. Have a good week. How about <laughs> that? that? That's nice. There you go. That's nice. Bye, guys. Goodbye. <laughs>